All right, welcome everybody. This is, as always, Luke Humphrey with LukeHumphreyRunning.com. And uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about treadmill versus overground running, right? So I feel like it's talked about quite a bit, but uh, I, always, I always record stuff in the season that we're in, right? So I'm recording this uh, uh, the first part of December, and luckily for me, it's uh, still dry out, not a lot of snow. Um, well, no snow right now, but we've had a little bit in the last week or so. We're still at a point where it'll melt, but we'll get to a point around Christmas where once it snows, it's going to be there till probably March. So um, in any case, you know, I think uh, it's a good time to talk about uh, differences between running on the treadmill and over versus overground. Uh, and I think uh, there's a lot of, man, it just seems like there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Like in our Facebook group, somebody will ask a question about treadmill running. And it's like very, I mean, you might as well have asked somebody what their uh, political affiliation was with, uh, with the responses that you'll get. It's pretty, pretty intense. Um, and I think, uh, I think sometimes people just park themselves in their camps and don't uh, necessarily think about what the person on the other side is doing or why why they're choosing to go that route, you know. And uh, um, you know, for some people, it's necessary. I mean, I coach a lot of people who run very early in the morning, and the idea of running it, you know, four thirty-five in the morning in January, where it's pitch black, uh, you got a fresh coat of snow, where you have a couple inches of snow, you don't know what's underneath it. Uh, people don't plow their their sidewalks uh, and it's just it's not worth the trouble right it's a lot easier to get on a treadmill feel a lot safer be able to get some work done and move on about your day uh, whereas other people right like they can they, they have no problem and I think you know that it is what it is like it personally it doesn't matter to me what you do um, I definitely don't think lesser of, of a person who trains hard on a treadmill all winter and there's lots of examples out there of people who are very successful in doing so. And then, you you know, I work with a lot of women who are, you know, either stay-at-home moms or, you know, they work, they're with their kids a certain amount of part of the day and they need to be able to be at home, have their kids in the house, then be in the house and, and be able to, to get some work done. And, you know, the treadmill is the only option that they have. So, you know, it is what it is. I think I, I just, it, it bothers me a little bit when uh, people are like, oh, you're not tough if you're not running outside. Well, that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of baloney, right? Like that's not the definition of, of what tough is by any, any stretch of the imagination. Um, but then I also get to like, there's some people who just cannot run on a treadmill. They just struggle with it immensely and it's just they've got to go outside so there's reasons everybody does what they what they do and that's that's fine so um i just wanted to i just wanted to address that before we moved on because i know you know there's gonna be people who uh want to bash on this right away and you know that's this you know if you feel like you have to feel free but uh um it's not really going to get you anywhere but uh uh in any case i think uh you know we just have to address that before we move on and if, if you're a hardcore outside, no matter what, you know, you can probably stop listening right now because um, it's, it's, you know, not going to change your mind at all. I don't think so. <laughs> um, I want to get that out of the way. And, and, and the big topic I want to talk about is like, what, what's, what's really the difference between running on a treadmill versus overground? 
And uh, I know it's been debated about a lot, uh, and there's some confl- I feel like there's a little bit of conflicting results, right? Um, data says a lot of the data says nothing, but that's from a big panned out view. Um, and then there's data when you zoom in that says uh, that there are differences. So uh, what's the difference? So you know, I think that's where we have to go with this. And, and when you're looking from that 30,000 foot view, you have to say that there isn't. There's not a lot of difference, right? Running is running. Physiologically, numbers are pretty similar. Um, but I think if you're a person who jumps on a treadmill every once in a while, and you're going to be the first to say, like, man, it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't feel like it's the same, right? It feels different. I feel I feel like uh, there's definitely uh, an adjustment period. I feel like when I you know I don't run on a treadmill very much. I used to. We had a we had a treadmill in our house, and uh, during the winter I'd, I'd do some fair amount of running on that. I would do some. Um, some running at the gym, but uh, I just don't have a gym membership anymore, and I don't. And we <laughs> we blew out our treadmill, we blew the motor out, um, so we haven't replaced it. So, but when I was, I always felt like, man, it feels like I'm I'm working a lot harder to run slower. Uh, I can definitely test. And for me, honestly, like the idea of doing any type of speed work on the treadmill is very iffy at best. Uh, I do not feel comfortable with that. It also God bless the people who who are able to do that and do it well because uh, that's a skill I do not I do not possess. Um, so that you know, so but like I said, you know, with that thirty thousand type view foot, uh, foot view, you know, running is running, right? It's similar. There's not a lot of differences, uh, but if you start zooming in, we do start noticing some of the differences. Like our the big thing is like what I just alluded to, right? So if it doesn't feel like you're running any easier, right? It feels like it's harder to run slower. And that's one of the things a lot of the data suggests that, that shows that um, self-prescribed pace is lower on a treadmill than it is over ground. So say, you know, you go out for a run and you run your easy runs in their eight minute pace and it feels easy, right? And then you go on a treadmill and you go by the same feeling, but you're running 820 pace, right? And it's the same effort, but you're running 20 seconds a mile slower. Um, that's very, very common on on the treadmill. And some of that is does appear to be more based on familiarity on being on the treadmill. So if you're a person who runs regularly on a treadmill, that difference gets smaller and smaller, non-existent to, at some point. But if you're a person who jumps on there, you know, like, you know, uh, you get a big snowstorm a couple times a year and you jump on the treadmill then, it's gonna. You're gonna notice the bigger the bigger differences in there. It's gonna feel a lot different. It's gonna feel a lot harder to run slower. Um, I think people who are not familiar familiar with the treadmill as well, there there's definitely a more sense of nervousness about footing and balance, especially depending on the treadmill, right? Like you go to a, a good gym, you have those treadmills. You know, you say like a Woodway, or there's some other really good commercial brands that um, they're wide, they're very stable. Um, you know, there's a reason why they're, they're 10 grand to pop, right? Um, but they're, they're, they're not moving. They're not moving at all. And then you get, uh, you know, you go to a, you know, you, you go to Costco or something and you get the, the $700 treadmill, super wobbly, uh, the belt's flimsy, stuff like that. So like, depending on the situation you're into, it's, that could be a very, very different uh, experience. Um, and like I said, you know, for me, the faster I run, the harder it seems to be as far as being comfortable, I, I definitely feel like I need more width on a on a belt, and I feel like I, I kind of move over a little bit. I, I'm kind of all over the place, and I definitely have a fear 
a flying off the back end, right? And so I definitely, I definitely feel feel that. Um, but some of, so some of it depends on how you react to running on the treadmill than the treadmill itself, right? So like we said, if you're not familiar with it, it's going to be a tough, a tough, tough sell. But um, from a physical standpoint, there are a couple differences too, and two, there's two big things that we can that we can look at. The first, and this is what most people are familiar with. This is what's probably gotten the most press over the last few years. But when you run. When you run down the road, you're creating a headwind, right? You're running into a wind, you're self-creating a wind that, that blows past you. And that provides a um, resistance, which makes it harder to run um, down the road. But it also creates a cooling effect. It creates, a, it creates that wind that blows off, this, the, that helps evaporate the sweat from your skin, which helps keep the body cool, things like that. But um, on a treadmill, you're stationary, right? You're not moving forward. You're staying in the same place. And so this effect of the headwind, self-created headwind, it doesn't exist anymore, right? So you're not fighting that air resistance and you're not, uh, you're not creating that cooling effect. So it's a reason why you can feel very, very warm. Plus, I mean, you figure too, like if you're out in the winter and it's you know anywhere from zero to you know, 30, 40 degrees, uh, it's cool, right? It's cold, and, and you're in a, you're inside, and it's you know room temperature 65 to 70. You know it's already warm, and then you're losing that cooling effect, and it makes that heat factor that much more of a of an issue. Um, at easy paces, this doesn't seem to be as big of a problem, um, but the faster you run, the uh, the more advantage you have as far as this goes. So. Um, just for instance, uh, if you do your speed work at six minute per mile pace on a treadmill, if you're running six minute pace, you're actually going to use about 4% less energy than you would if you were outside on a track doing it, right? So you're using less energy, but yet it feels harder and your self-prescribed pace might be a little bit slower. So there's a lot going on there. It's awful, awful confusing. Um, it also, the, you know, the problem is so you're using 4% less energy, but your RPE can tend to be higher. So it's also been shown the faster that you're running, the more likely your heart rate and perceived exertion is going to be higher doing the same pace than on, on inside than it would be on rotor track. And that's because of that cooling effect, right? That, that is, um, you're not cooling down as much. It's already warmer in the room. So heart rate, what's going to happen? What happens when you're running in the summer? Heart rate goes up. It feels harder to run the same pace. So that's the same thing. But metabolically, it's costing you 4% less to stay in place and run on a stationary belt than it is to go out and run on the track. So you see there's a lot going on. Do those things cancel each other out? I don't know, right? That's, that's the big that's the big dilemma. And when you look at different calculators, some calculate that in, some cal don't calculate that that in. Um, and that's that's what can be uh, the issue, right? So um, let me just make sure I didn't miss anything. So like I said, physiologically it's easier, but it feels harder, right? And that's what that's what the big bummer is, right? Um, and then if you're if you're not follow, if you don't look at the blog at all, um, I I would recommend maybe you do this time because I have a chart in there from. Uh, um, Alex Hutchinson, who is uh, the contributor, he wrote an article for Outside, and I pulled some of the information from here. But um, he, so just an interesting part on here. There's a chart on here where um, it goes across 
the x-axis, it's speed per minute per mile, so five minute miles all the way up to 10 minute miles. And then on the y-axis, it is um, extra energy needed compared to flat road. So extra energy on the treadmill needed versus flat um, flat road. So if you're running, say six, we'll say six minute, well, let's go eight minute miles. Um, well, I change that up, sorry. Um, anywhere from five to 10 miles, five to 10 minutes per mile, um, you have about, it's a, at five minute, five minute miles, it's a little more than 4%, dec- um, negative 4% in energy cost. And it doesn't change much, even at, at 10 minute miles, it's right at four. So it's a little more than four, it's like, I'd say like 4.25 um, at five minute miles, and it's four at 10 minute miles. Um, if you, and that's a 0% incline. So if you keep the treadmill flat, you know, it, you're actually saving about 4% um, energy. If you go and add 1% incline at five minute miles, it's still about a 2% um, reduction in energy. But if you go up to 10 minute miles, it is now costing you an extra uh, 2% energy, right? So the faster you are, it's saving you energy. The slower you are, the more it's costing you, right? So if your typical easy run is at nine minute miles and you are adding a 1% um, increase in it, you're, you're going to be doing about um, a 2%, it's actually costing you 2% more in energy, right? So the faster you run, the more it saves you. The slower you run, the incline is gonna cost you more. If you go to a 2% incline, uh, at five minute miles, it's about two, three percent uh, cost, extra cost in, in in energy. At ten minute miles, it's about, it's actually about eleven percent um, increase in energy cost, right? So it's costing you way more. So, um, so that's why, like, so he, the reason he wrote about that in his in his article was saying that, like, essentially, it came this this one article came out and it said basically one percent across the board would basically level everything out as far as metabolic costs and everything like that. And the truth is that's not the case at all, right? So, um, and that's where I was talking about, well, yeah, if you just add the incline, that costs you more, but then you have still the the, um, the cooling effect and things like that. So there's a lot of factors going into it. So it's not necessarily going to level each other out. So, but I just, I would take a look at that and just kind of see where you're at and you can line yourself up pretty good with where you're at and, and pretty good, get a pretty good cost on that. Um, so moving on from there, just to play devil's advocate, I believe... I believe it was a piece from Daniels, Jack, Dr. Jack Daniels, indicated that it might be a wash on adjustment. So this is because of the fact that you are on a treadmill, it's probably warmer room, like we talked about, 65, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, plus you aren't moving anywhere. So the humidity surrounds you and it makes you, create. it's creating more of an effort to run the same pace. Um, and that would have normally been pushed away from you as you ran forward. So this makes the effort harder. And in fact, although having more of an advantage, it has been shown that you though you may have an advantage at faster speed both faster speeds both heart rate and rpe are higher on the treadmill than over ground the faster you run we showed that in the chart there so in any case you should add some grade to your treadmill to make it a better correlation but then what so what that it would be outside so you're making it as equal as you can from treadmill to outside running but how much probably has some wiggle room um, it doesn't necessarily have to be 1%, depending on how fast you're running. It could be zero. It could be up to, you know, maybe 2%, but really in no case more than 2%. 1% is really probably the highest you have to go across the board, but it might not even be that much. 
and it, I guess it just depends on what you're trying to get out of the situation too. And we'll talk about that in a second, right? So well, let's talk about it right now. So um, I actually have a calculator. There's a link to it in the blog post. So it'll be a link in the show notes as well. And basically what it does is you can adjust how fast you want to run and how high the grade you want to run. So if I want to run at nine minute pace, but I want to have my speed work equivalent to seven minute pace, I can run at that nine minute pace. And depending how much I adjust the grade, I can actually get the same effect, the same metabolic effect. So VO2 max is working, L, you know, I'm getting close to LT at the same rate that I would be as if I was running faster outside, but I'm using basically a, a manipulation of speed and grade on the treadmill to get the same effect, right? And that's what I'll do because like I said, I, I really am uncomfortable doing speed, but I can get down fairly fast. But if I, so if I get down to within, you know, you know, let's say 45 seconds of what I want to run and I just adjust the grade higher, I can get the same effect physiologically as I would be running the same fa same faster pace outside on a track or something like that. So I can make it more comfortable for myself, but still get the same amount of work that I want to be doing as if I were outside, right? And so um, I have a link, like I said, I have a link to that calculator in the blog post in the show notes. I would go check that out um, and it can, uh, you can play around with it and see what, what you get. It's not perfect because I think you have to take into account the, the headwind part of it um, and all that good stuff too. But it'll put you in the ballpark and put you in, in a good, a good, um, a good place, right? It'll get you pretty darn close. And a lot of times being close is good enough in running. And at the bottom, at the end of the day, like if it's more about if I can just get you to be consistent with running and if we can do it and be close by adjusting the speed and grade, I'd rather have that than you saying, well, I'm definitely not running outside, so I'm just not going to do anything today. I'm going to do something completely different, right? That's, that's the end. Of, that's the name of the game right there. So if we can get you close and keep you consistent, you're going to come out the other side pretty good. Um, so the second issue is stride and think about running over the ground. You land, you land your foot in front of you, uh, and then you push off from a static ground. So the, that ground is solid. It's not moving anywhere. You're pushing off from that. Um, this ideally uses more hamstrings and glutes, thing, you know, the backside of the, the body. On a treadmill, you're landing on a moving belt and, and while you are stationary. So you're staying in the same place. The belt is moving behind you. So you're landing, but it's pulling your the belt is pulling your leg back. The, the hamstrings and the butt aren't doing as much, right? And so in order for you to run forward, now you're picking up the leg. You're focusing more on picking up the leg. So you think about what that's going to affect more, right? That's going to affect the hip flexors and quads more. So you do have a little bit of difference of what muscles are being moved more. Um, and so the problem I see with this is, so, so basically in a perfect world, overground running is going to encourage more glute and hamstring usage, especially when you're pushing off. If you don't have that pushing off, you're just more kind of lifting the leg, then you're using more ham, uh, quadricep and hip flexor. And so for me, and I'm just kind of, you know, thinking about this as, as, as I see runners, the biggest issue I see with this is that a lot of runners are already quad dominant, right? They already use their focus on picking up their hip flexors and, their, and using their quads and hip flexors to pick up and pull the leg forward rather than pushing off with the butt and the hamstrings, right? Which is, we, we don't want that in a perfect world, but that's what we see a lot. 
um, because the glute and the, and the hamstrings are much stronger muscles. They're more slow twitch dominant muscles, and they're going to be able to go a lot further without fatiguing. And that's why you see a lot of recreational runners have quad hip flexor issues because they, they, they focus on using those more than the butt and the, and the hamstring. So if you're one of those people and you already use your hip flexors and quads more and you're doing it more, you're overemphasizing that even more on the treadmill, you can definitely see a little bit faster fatigue and then you're not going to be able to run as far. You're not going to be able to run as fast. Um, you're going to just, you're going to talk her out quicker on the treadmill or you're going to get through it but it's you're going to feel that soreness that delayed onset soreness a lot more likely than you would if you were running over ground because we're changing what muscles are being used and if they're already being overworked and then they're just being used asked to be even used even more it's just it could create some problems so um i just see i just see you could have more soreness and uh on initial treadmills initial treadmill runs is is you uh as you're more unfamiliar with it right and hopefully idea hopefully if you're doing this all winter you get more um familiar with it and it becomes a little bit better over time but i also think this is where the grade can come in to play as well because now going up a little bit more of a hill we can um we can strengthen that a little bit better. We may be able to change that form a little bit more and get a little bit more of that that push off um, with that. So ideally, so it's not a perfect world, but um, and it's, it's better, like I said, it's better than not doing it at all. Um, and statistically, it might not be significant, but it will change what muscles are used and it could potentially create some issues. So, all right, so now we get to this point where like, okay, Humphrey, man, you're, you're talking to me um, but it sounds like everything's bad on the tre- on a treadmill, right? And it could discourage some people from using a treadmill. Um, and I agree. That's why I stopped here when I was writing this because I was like, man, it just sounds like it's not a good idea to do <laughs> do the treadmill. Um, but I think the big thing is is from a pure differences standpoint, there are differences, right? There's differences if you're taking a treadmill and comparing it to running it on a flat track or flat ground, whatever you whatever you have. But then I started thinking about about this. Like, in most of the situations I have, it's a, it's an issue of the weather outside versus running inside, or being dark outside, not being able to really be confident running outside versus running inside a little bit more confidently. And so I'm thinking about it like that. Like, do you really think that your RPE and your heart rate are going to be the same on a cold morning where you're fighting through four inches of snow, you're worried about every step you take that you put you on your butt, you, you bruise your hip, something. Um, is fighting below zero below zero champs and wind chill really going to allow you to hit the paces you want? You no, know, they're not, right? Like So either way, you've got to make adjustments. And if you're running in snow and ice, you, you can't tell me that your form isn't different. Like I, I think about people who are um, trying to run on a sidewalk, it's slippery, there's patches of ice. Do you think you take bigger steps or smaller steps? You probably take smaller steps, right? Because you don't want to venture too far away and get in a position where, oh man, I put my heel down and it's you know a foot and a half in front of me. Wow, down on down I go, right? That's what you start you start shortening that stride up, all that stuff. Plus, plus you're wearing more clothes outside, right? So now inside you're wearing a short shorts and a t-shirt, outside you're wearing pants wool socks, your shoes are, your shoes are soaked, um, you're wearing a windbreaker, you're wearing a stocking cap, you might be wearing a scarf, you're wearing two pairs of gloves, 
all that stuff, like all of that stuff affects you as well. So you can't tell me that it's an apples to apples comparison, right? It's an apples to oranges comparison. I'm doing, I've got to make all these changes if I run outside and then I have to make these changes, these different changes if I'm running inside, right? But the bottom line is there's changes to be made either way, right? So it's not like running outside automatically takes all these differences away. It just creates a new set of problems, right? And so that's what you have to, that's what you have to consider, right? And like I said before, uh, at the end of the day, if being on a treadmill is going to allow you to be consistent and train throughout the winter, then I'm all for it because by the time you get to spring, say the year before you didn't have a treadmill, you took you know an extra 20, 20 days off over the winter where this winter, not only did you not take those, those days off, but you actually were able to do workouts and do productive workouts. Uh, you're going to be in a much better spot coming out of the, coming out into the spring. So I, I am all for it. Um, all right. So again, I'll move on from there. Um, now, if you're tending to run on a treadmill on a regular basis, I think there's a couple things to recommend. I think whether you're jumping on, you know, air quotes, commercial grade home treadmill or hitting the gym, don't trust the calibration. Um, it's just probably not going to be there. They, they get off all the time. It's just, you know, it, it depends. Like you might have a small boutique gym where somebody's pretty, you know, hardcore about calibrating that stuff, but most time that nobody cares, right? Like they just, they turn it on in the morning and, you know, hope for the best. They dust it off a couple times during the day. And there you go. Um, and tr- commercial grid, like who's going to take the time to calibrate their treadmill? Most people aren't, right? Um, I know we didn't, and that thing was so far off by the time. We smoked the motor on that thing so bad. I think that and the belt was all stretched out. I don't think it was even remotely accurate. Um, and then also, I, I recommend not using your indoor or treadmill feature on your Garmin. Um, it's just, it's probably a little bit closer, but my my experience is that it always grossly overestimated the pace you were running. Um, it wasn't, it was way faster than what I think, really think I was running. So, um, I think, uh, I'm sure now I'm sure, and this was a few years ago, so maybe I'm, and I'm sure like with anything, the accuracy of the, of these devices get better and better every time they come out with a new model. Um, so I'm sure it'll be there someday, but I don't think right now it's quite where you want it to be. Um, instead I, I would consider picking up a foot pod for your GPS. Um, you know, probably right now the most popular is the stride and it gives you a ton of data. If you're into power, it obviously gives you power, but it can it can it can do a lot of things. Like, if if you're into that data, you can find out more about like your stride length, stride discrepancy. Um, you can learn a little bit more about your form because you can get vertical oscillation, how high you're going every step you take. A lot of different stuff you can get, but it'll also give you the pace and the, and, and the distance like that, and that's going to be a lot more accurate than than some of the um, the other features there. Um, Garmin, Garmin used to make one, I think it was about 50 bucks. I still see them on Amazon, but, um, I'm pretty sure it's a discontinued thing. I, and I've seen Polar might make a, a foot pod, you know, it depends, right? So just, just check with whatever, whatever company you're using. But if not, I think the stride is universal, but it, it is, it is obviously the most pricey one. But if you are on a treadmill a lot, it's probably a decent investment to, to go in on. Um, and then lastly, I think the big pro- the problem that most people have with treadmills is that the boredom of running nowhere for a long time. Um, sometimes there's just not enough podcasts, playlists to get you through. And, you know, there's, I, I've never used it, but you have Zwift with it. You know, it was started out with cycling, um, but they've definitely grown into the running market. 
um, and yet you kind of you can race other people. You're kind of in this, uh, you know, fantasy land, which kind of just not really into that stuff. But like you kind of go into a no, different realm, a world, um, and actually you know potentially race people, run different courses, things like that. But if it takes the boredom away, go for it. Um, there's also apps like Outside Interactive. Um, and they have a library of different race courses that you can follow. So say you're training for Boston Marathon, you know, you can, you can, you know, plug this in, you can put the app on your iPad, put your iPad on your treadmill, and it'll show you like where to adjust the grade, how much do I take the grade up, and then you're following along the course. So if you've never run Boston or you just need to help visualize what you're actually doing, it's a great tool to have where you can actually get on the course that you're going to be training for and that familiarity with the course is so beneficial come race day. So I think I don't even know how much it costs, maybe 20 bucks or something, but man, it's it's pretty it's pretty solid, right? I think it's a good a good tool to have. And then like if there's other things you want to do, like if you want to go run, you know, the big seven miler or something crazy like that, you can go see what the course is like, right? Um, so there's a lot of different things. But again, it just it helps take the time away, helps get you on a situation where you're not just you know looking at the the times tick away second by second by second right and that's the worst it's the worst thing to uh to do so um you know personally i'm not a i i'm a minimalist when it comes to running i don't have a lot of devices usually just my watch um running inside i will i do try to listen to podcasts and things like that um but uh i've gotten pretty good at playing little games with myself self to help pass the time right so the biggest thing i would do on runs is um kind of treat it like a repeat workout. So I would go and I'd just ease into my easy pace for you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and then I'd start out and I'd start out slow and I'd bump it up every 45, 60 seconds until I got to my desired easy pace range. And then I would uh, systematically increase the grade. So you know, say at 15 minutes, I'd go up to half a percent and I'd be at half a percent for a minute. And then I'd go up to 1% for a minute and then one and a half percent for a minute and two percent for a minute two and a half percent three percent so you know so if you, you can cut half half one one and a half two two and a half uh three that'd be like six minutes right so then, I, then i'd back it down to flat and i and i'd kind of like you know recover a little bit for like a minute or two and then i do it again um and so you could do that cycle where you know you do that three or four times all of a sudden you're at a half an hour uh of running and you've already warmed up you know you can get an hour run in a lot easier. And I'd always play these games or I'd play these games where I'd like put a towel over the clock and I would just see how long I could go with, without looking. This sounds kind of foolish, but I would like, for me, it would always help with my focus uh, late in a race too. Right. So I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't going to be relying on podcasts and things like that in a race. So I had myself and my thoughts and my focus. Right. And so I would, I would use it to work on that. And I don't, think I would do that every day, but every, you know, maybe a run or two a week, um, I would focus on that and it would just definitely make me more um, aware and focused on what I was doing and focused on the task at hand. Um, and I could do do pretty well, actually, when it came to race day later on. Um, if you have a treadmill that does downhill grade, that's even better, right? Because you could do that whole pyramid up, you go up to like up to 3% and then back down and then go negative half, negative one, one and a half, negative two and two to three percent negative grade is about as far as I've seen any treadmill go. Um, but and again, if you're training for a Boston type course or a downhill course, it's so nice to have that feature, right? Because you can get very specific workouts in and really simulate what you're going to have to do on on the course. And then so like I ran this Saturday with uh, with Coach Alex and one of his buddies 
um, Joe, who him and I are about the same age, and um, he's going to run Big Sur, and he's trying to find a hill where it's like two miles long, right? Where he's just climbing straight up for two miles. Like in a situation like that, having a treadmill would be amazing, right? Because you could, you could, you could exactly simulate the grade and everything that you're running for the distance, right? And so, just there's a lot of nice positives to having that treadmill, right? All right. At the end of the day, doing the things like with the pyramids and stuff like that, it just, one, it breaks up the run, but it also, you, most people aren't just running on purely flat ground. So you're, you're waking up different muscles, you're using different muscle groups, um, going up and down the hills. So it just makes it for a much more overall effective run as well. Okay. All right. So at the end of the day, if running on a treadmill, it means you don't skip a day then please get on a treadmill, right? And I'm not asking you to go spend, you know, $10,000 on a Woodway or something like that, but, you know, getting a short-term gym membership or, you know, investing in a decent, you know, air quotes, commercial grade home treadmill, um, if you're gonna be using it every winter um, or on rough days throughout the year, then by all means, that might be the investment you need. Um, if you're fighting a cold and a snowy winter, um, that's not the same. Is running outside either right everything's changing as the winter as winter comes in things are changing right so you either go to the treadmill and make adjustments or you go outside and you make adjustments right so that's the that's the thing um, and we're just talking about winter but you could even go into summer too right like we've talked about this before like if you're in, if you're in central south florida in july and august um is it going to be beneficial for you to be going out in that kind of t weather in training for a marathon, or does it make more sense to bring it into a little bit cooler um, environment inside and be able to get a quality workout in? So there's a lot of different stuff going on there. Um, anyway, so if you're diehard outside, that's cool. There's no judgment. I'm, I think it's admirable. But as a coach, uh, I don't really care how it gets done as long as it gets done. Um, and sure, there's something to be said about bundling up, going outside on easy days, and getting tough. I know Kevin and Keith were huge on this, just getting tough over the winter. But then you even talk to them now, and it's like, yeah, we got tough through mid-January. And then, ain't gonna lie, we were in Florida. We were in Florida from mid-January through almost March, right? And so <laughs> you can get tough, but then you gotta realize that toughness has a breaking point too. And that was where, can you go up to that line? So if you're just putzing around the easy days, and you wanna go enjoy a, a beautiful winter morning, yeah, absolutely. But if you need to get an important workout done and it's either struggle through the winter or get on a treadmill and fight some boredom for an hour and a half, man, get on that treadmill and just handle business, right? Um, so I think, uh, you know, and I just have note in here too. Like, so I, my old man would always say there's a thin line between being tough and being dumb. And usually I was on the side of being dumb, which prompted the, uh, the reminder. <laughs> so if you go on the treadmill, take what we discussed to heart and adjust your speed as you need to. Use that calculator um, where you can adjust the speed and grade. You can dial it in to get pretty darn close, but still feel comfortable enough to be on the belt of the treadmill that you're not gonna go flying off the back end. Um, put a mattress back there if you are, right? Like, you know, I, I go off the tangent. Like when I was running at Lifetime one time, I saw this kid out, he's probably like 12 years old, and he hops on the treadmill but next to me, and it's like, I've never understood why people start the treadmill and get it up to the speed that they're gonna run and then jump on the treadmill. I've never understood that. Um, I don't understand why you can't just start on the treadmill at like 
it starts at like, I don't know, one mile an hour. So get on the treadmill, start a mile and crank it up, right? Like I've never understood it, but this kid jumps on there. Like, I think he looked at what I was running and he's like, oh, look at this idiot. I'm gonna run as fast as he is. And he jumps on this thing. It was probably seven minute pace. And he just right off the back, his foot hit funny and he never got his balance. I mean, face plant right on the belt, flew off the back end takes off out of the gym. He was so embarrassed, you know, like, ah, just <laughs> don't do it. Um, but in any case, uh, make those adjustments on the treadmill and you can get pretty close to where you want to be. And it keeps you consistent. Um, to me, the winner is just about, it's about staying upright, staying as injury free as you possibly can, getting through the holidays and be consistent with with running and if it's a little bit different than what it looks like outside so be it um, but if it allows it allows all those things to happen you're going to come into the spring a much better runner than if you tried to fight it all winter you skipped days or you just you got hurt because you were trying to do everything outside you're trying to make big jumps in training things like that so always look at the big picture on that and where where you're trying to be moving forward right and if you're running a winter marathon it's even more important like if you're running like a a houston or something like that or a mesa in february it can mean all the difference of the world if getting to that starting line healthy and in solid shape right so um but that's the big thing like just as long as you come out of it and you're a better runner that's that's all i'm looking for but hopefully that uh helps some of you out I, I, the last thing I say is just I, I wouldn't be intimidated by people who are just like the all, all or nothing attitude for outside. I mean, that's them and it's probably work for them. But it, to me, it, it's not the definition of what tough is. Um, and tough is doing, you know, it, it, to me, you know, if you're fighting that boredom and it's tough to it's tough to get on a treadmill for two hours and do a long run on a, on a treadmill for two hours, too. Right. It's a different kind of tough, but it's a tough. Um, but it's also allowing you to move forward and meet your goals and that's all ultimately that's all that's all that matters to me so um so take that to heart uh any questions feel free to post in our community um in one of the forums anything like that and uh, we can continue the discussion so all right take care and i will uh, i'll talk to you next time